This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Jesus, we love you. I can't believe we get to be here with you. (laughs) You know each and every one of our histories, each and every one of our stories and our testimonies, and you've been faithful. You've chased us down with your goodness. So we just decide to sit still and not waste the privilege we have of your presence here. I thank you for each and every family represented. I thank you for the legacies represented that, that happened before us, that are happening now, will happen long after we're gone. I thank you for you, the king on the throne that reigns above everything, everything else we could ever imagine. We thank you that we find our completeness in you. You're everything we need. That's a lot. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you guys good? Me too. I'm in love. So, uh, Hey, dad, that's my dad. (laughs) That's my dad. Can I say, uh, we're going to spend a lot of time in Galatians today. And the first time I ever spent in Galatians was with my dad in the kitchen. He just like walked me through it and how to study it. And so, you know, he's fantastic. Thank you for him. Um, what was I saying? Oh, Omo fell. Can I tell you too? I fell as well. Um, in a barber shop. I was, this, I was getting my hair cut yesterday and this sweet guy's named Steve. He's the best. I don't even have a lot of hair and he still makes it look good. And I'm like, that's God. I, I trust him with that. But I was sitting there and we, we have a language bear. I have no idea what he's saying. He has no idea what I'm saying. So we just kind of smile and love each other. And, um, I'm sitting there and this song comes on. It says, I fooled around and fell in love. You know what I'm saying? You know that song? And I just started crying because I remembered being that guy who was looking to find completeness in things that I can find in this world, whether it be like I can make people laugh or I'm like my grades or my sports or my um, or a girl or whatever. It's like I was trying to find it and it was so empty and it was so cold. But then I tripped and I fell hard hard. I fell in love. And so I'm just sitting there crying because it's like, that's me, God. I fell in love. And now everything's different. And um, so if I seem a little bit off, it's because I fell hard. And hopefully you see the evidence, but um, I don't have like bumps and bruises. I have like a tender heart and um, I'm overwhelmed with like just his goodness. Okay. So if it comes out a little wonky, don't blame me. Please just blame the Lord, you know. <laughs> Please just blame him. Like if it sounds weird or whatever, and like like I encourage you this morning, tune your ears to him. Like I think Proverbs talks about in Proverbs 2, it talks about tune your ears to wisdom and fasten your heart, focus your heart on understanding. And Proverbs 9 verse 10 says that the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And so this idea of fixing our hearts on knowing the Holy One is the goal for today. I think I have some great notes. I really do because they came from God. But don't get distracted in these notes. This is not about information this morning. This is about fixing and fastening our attention on Jesus, on the knowledge of the Holy One. So if you walk out of here with anything, let it be that I know him a little bit more than I came in. You know? I mean, Paul was literally like, everything else is garbage compared to that. He's like, you know, anyways, we'll go on that later. But cool. Is everyone good with that? We're on the same page? Okay, then I think we're going to have fun this morning. If, that's, if, that, if we're all on that page, I think we're going to have fun. What was I saying about Galatians? Okay, okay, Galatians. We're gonna be in a lot of Galatians today. And I just wanna honor my dad. My mom's probably watching from Florida now. Um, And if you're a parent in here, just know that when we were sitting there, I think I was like 15 or 16, right? About studying Galatians. Before I found God, 
I was a wild boy. I just, I, I was like hopelessly lost. And even when I found God, what's really sad is I still wrestled with things that were not very holy, even though I had God. Even though I had access to stuff, I still wrestled with some stuff that was really tough. But in the midst between, what was that, 11, 12 years ago, when sitting there going through Galatians with my dad and everything, my mom taught me about obedience and just how to be a, a man of God who's humble. I was like, all the stuff they poured into me between then and now, I'd done some crazy things that probably made them pull their hair out. Like, so I just want to encourage you guys as parents, you never know what you're teaching your kids that one day they might be teaching to a congregation. You never know. Like I'm living to like I'm living proof, a living testimony of God's goodness and his faithfulness. And so if you're raising kids, keep doing it. You're doing great. And um, so I just want to honor my parents for that. And also Pastor Gavin, he's not here, but in my, as the father of this house and, and, and the day-to-day stuff, he's always been there for me. But I can look at every of my deepest, darkest moments. I never would have imagined that I'd be here, but he saw it and he spoke it out and he called it and he protected me and he, and he called the best out of me. And he probably knew it, but I didn't at the time. So I just wanted to honor him for, as the father house and, and everything he's done in, in, in our lives. Just like, if you see him, just give him a big hug, pray for him because I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for him. I mean, if it wasn't for him. Cool? Come on, He's good. <laughs> He's good. Yeah, good, good. Okay. Now, let's boogie. So, um, if you guys have your Bibles, I think we're going to start in Colossians 2, verse 8, 9, and 10. Um, but um, today, I want to talk about holiness. Anyone excited for that? <laughs> I figured it'd be pretty divisive, like either either it's going to be like, yeah, holiness, or it's going to be like, oh God, you know. Um, but I, I wanted to kind of reframe it from a, from a different perspective that I think really blessed me because I wrestled with holiness for a long time in my life from a perspective of it's something I need to accomplish, I need to do or else. You see what I'm saying? And the weird thing is in Galatians, Paul is talking about it from the perspective of, hey, you now get to live in this freedom. And then he goes and talks about holiness. So the, even the preface for holiness is this freedom. But I've never experienced holiness until recently with this amount of freedom. And so I want to share that with you guys today. Cool. You know, Omo mentioned in the offering about this filter. Like, I just want to give you guys a different filter for how you see holiness. Cool. And the options we have, or at least I had growing up, was holiness is either going to be an accomplishment for me or a relationship. And yeah, I mean, that wasn't even, a, that's not even like my point. This is a question that really bothered me. Someone asked me that in the school of word of worship. They said, you know, is holiness an accomplishment or is it a relationship? And I thought to myself, well, I don't want to answer that because I really love all my accomplishments in, in holiness. I've done very holy things, you know. Um, I'll tell you about it later, but I'm, I'm serious. What are, what are some accomplishments you guys have? Not necessarily in holiness, but in general, like just in different things we've done graduated. Come on. Congratulations. Let's go. Anybody else? Any accomplishments? Got a job. Let's go. What's up? You got a puppy and you're racing the heck out of that puppy. Good job. Yeah, we have, we have all these accomplishments. I think, um, you know, I was talking to Megan, my wife yesterday and she was like, I did my work. I did. I finished my work today. I was like, yes, you did. She's like, I cleaned the house. I was like, yeah, you did. And I'm like, just, you know, she's fantastic. And so I think our accomplishments matter so much because what we do matters. Like when I walk home and see, you know, she's there cooking and cleaning. You know, I'm like, who are you? This superwoman, and she's pregnant too. So it's like your accomplishments matter. But what I'm arrested by when it comes to relationships is who she is. 
And I think the difference between how we filter holiness is like accomplishes matter because it's what we do. It's wonderful and that matters. But relationships matter because of who someone is. I mean, think about some people you guys cherish. Who do you cherish? Who do you love? Anybody point to say, yes, come on, good. I like him too. Anybody else? Yes, I see spouses pointing at each other. Good job. That, that's the way to be. Good brownie points. This was a this is a this is a free one. You guys took it. I love it. Yes, you, you love your spouses. Um, well, even even thinking of it like that, like if I filter holiness through um, a relationship instead of an accomplishment, then I have to be willing to let go of what I do or what I can do and fully embrace who He is. If I want to change that filter. It doesn't sound like you guys are ready to do that. And that's fine because I was in a very similar place. I was like, but God, I love what I do. I read my Bible. I worship. You saw, I knew all the words. I was like, tell the devil not today, man. You, you know, you, you, th- th- these things that we love to hold on to with everything because we do. But if we're willing to let go of that and embrace who he is, it'll change everything. Cool. Are we down? I love it. Okay, so let's talk about who he is just for a little bit. All right, just for a little bit. We can, we'll take a break and talk about who he is. So this is Colossians 2 verse... Um, we can start at eight. I'm fine with that. Um, and this is the New King James Version, although I do love the passion as well. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. So I'm complete in the Godhead. I'm complete in Abba. I'm complete in Jesus. I'm complete in the living spirit of God. That's where I find my completeness and who he is. And the beauty of relationships is crazy because it's not just who Megan is that makes me like, ooh. It's, it's like when you think about filtering holiness through relationships, you think about the depths of who someone is and how it impacts you. Um, you, we were talking about this last night, Megan. She was talking about some of the friends she has, and she was like, oh, she's so authentic. And she said, it makes me feel like I can be myself. Because of who somebody is, it actually invites her to be completely different. And so when we talk about filtering holiness to a relationship, the invitation is to not just enjoy who God is, but to allow it to affect our hearts to a level that it actually changes how we are. Oh, he's so safe. I can be free around him. <sighs> Oh, oh, he's, he's the complete fullness of the Godhead in human form. Of course, I have, every, what else could we, uh, don't, uh, I'm sorry. Listen, Joe, just turn me down. If I start yelling and cussing and screaming, just turn me down, please. But I'm telling you, it's just too hard to sit in my, in my, stay in my britches when I talk about it. You need to think about, if he's the fullness of the Godhead bodily, what else could we ask for? The fullness of Abba, Father, our protector, our identity, our provider, everything that we could ask for in a father, and he's the fullness of it. What else could we want? If he's the fullness of Jesus Christ, our good shepherd, our lion, our lamb, this man with eyes like fire and his voice that sounds like rushing waters, what else could we want? What else could we want? If he's the fullness of the Holy Spirit, our tour guide, the one who points us to truth and exhorts Jesus, if he's the fullness of the Spirit, what else could we need? If we realize who he is and we allow that to impact us and embrace us, there's nothing else we need. And when we filter holiness through that, it changes everything for us. Ah. Ah. He's good. He's just too good. I can't sit still in my britches, man. So, um... <laughs> so, so please don't get me started i'll get going so relationship goes beyond who someone is it actually goes down to how it impacts me and i think we know a lot of things on paper about god i mean i mentioned something jesus is the way the truth and the 
We could have a whole Christian, like you remember at, um, at Chuck E. Cheese, like when I say Jesus, you say Christ. You know, the, the, we can do that all day here. You guys know Jesus, he's the way, the truth, and life, whatever. He's the lion, he's the lamb. What else is he? Light of the world. Oh, I love that one. What else? Son of man, son of God. Come on. What else? What? Lord of Lords, even better. What else? The great I am. Oh my goodness. See, that's a good one because we've all seen the Prince of Egypt movie and we read our Bible and we know these things, right? But, um, or not Prince of Egypt, what's the one with Moses? We've all seen this, but knowing who he is and, and then actually embracing it and letting that affect us is a whole different ball game. I mean, did I tell you I got a haircut and I was just crying in the barbershop? I told you that story? I mean, I'm sitting there and this guy, we don't, speak, we don't speak the same language. And that's not in a derogatory sense. It's just an awkward thing. If somebody's, you're cutting their hair, there's nobody else in there, just you and him. And the guy you're cutting his hair, grown man, 27 years old, is just crying. And he looked at me, he said, you're a good boy. <laughs> and, I like, and I was like, thank you so much, Steve. I said, thank you so much, Steve. Thank you. I think he just didn't know what to do because I'm sitting there crying. I'm like, when he's not looking, I'm trying to wipe it away. But the thing was, what was happening in that moment wasn't, it wasn't me trying to be holy. It was me finding everything I could ever ask for in a savior. And that melted my heart to the point where people are like, this guy's weird. But, but, but the thing is, the, the, the impact we're having on the world around us is completely dependent on what is he, ha- what kind of impact does he have inside of us? There's so many of these scriptures that I want to share with you guys and that I actually got excited about like, oh, I know that one. That will be good. And I, and I remember the first time I heard it, be it in the kitchen with my dad or like when I was studying and like, I went to go bring it to you guys. And I actually got more excited at the fact that I knew it than the fact that, of what the scripture was about. Does that make sense? Like, you know, that one about Paul saying everything is rubbish in, in Philippians three is like, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews and from the tribe of Benjamin and circumcised on the eighth day and all this stuff. And I was like, I know that one. I'll bring that one, God. That's a good one. And I got so excited that I knew it and knew where to find it. But what was impacting me? It wasn't him. It was my knowledge. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, well, I think it's John 5. He says, it was was Jesus. It's a red letter if you look it up. He says, you search the scriptures looking for eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. I'm the one who gives eternal life. You memorize these scriptures. In fact, you know them. You're big and bad. You know the scriptures. And you got a collared shirt on and you're teaching on a Sunday for the first time. You really got it made, Nathaniel. You got it going on. You're so Christian. This is like one, two, three, four steps higher than everybody else in this place. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the invitation we can have. We can build our case for our holiness based off of what we can accomplish and what we can do. We can, because we know the verses or we've been here in worship for so long or I prayed for someone and they got healed and it's like, Goodness gracious. The whole purpose of having scriptures is to point to him. They point to him that we have eternal life. Oh, Lord. Yeah. This, is, this is a terrible thing. I don't know why they let me teach because the more I talk about it, I just want to leave and just go enjoy him. Okay, so, so just like I encourage you guys, you have permission to do the same. If at any point you just like want to like stop listening to me, enjoy the Holy Spirit, feel, feel free to do that. Okay, we're going to keep going a little bit more. Jesus. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to talk a little bit more about how do we actually embrace, um, embrace this relationship versus our accomplishments. And there's nothing wrong with accomplishments. Don't get me wrong. But I think that if we put it backwards, um, we can miss the whole purpose of this. When I was uh, just a new dad, I would come home um, 
or not home. I would, I would, I would come and see my son. I'd pick him up and leave, or Megan would be asleep. I'd pick up Levi, I'd sneak him out of the room so she wouldn't wake her up and she wouldn't know what I'm doing because I don't think I'm supposed to do this. But anyways, I took him and I'd hold him. I'd just look at him and I would just hold him and I would cry because I was so excited I get to be his dad. And I thought to myself, I don't care if he plays sports. I don't care what he does with his life. I just care that I get to know him and to be known by him. And to be known as a father means I get to provide for him and not just what I do, but who I am, I'm his provider. And the joy, what I was looking forward to, I wrote it down in a journal and everything. I was like, this is the joy that I get to know. And the thing is, sometimes our father looks at us like this, but we're thinking, what can I do for you? Can I be holy enough for you? And God's like, listen, if you just love me, you'll keep my commandments. So I want to talk about like, how do we actually let go of their accomplishment, embrace this relationship? And there's a big battle that happens in Galatians that um, we talk, it talks about letting our lives be led by the spirit versus being led by um, the sinful nature, right? And everyone's like, ew, sinful nature, gross. We don't like the sinful nature here, but I kind of want to talk about it. And baby, is it okay if I ask the question? All right, just nobody look at my wife when I ask this, but has anyone ever been in an argument with a car, in a car with somebody? <laughs> Has anyone ever argued with him in a car? No? All right, nobody look. <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay, but no, I'm, I'm serious. Has anyone ever been in that awkward situation where they're sitting there thinking, you know, I don't want to be around you right now. I'm so mad that you don't understand how right I am. But you're like, also, you're not a millionaire. So you don't have a limousine. You have to like be close to them. You just have a normal sized car. And so you have to be close to them or like worse. Like we got our first condo and uh, it was beautiful. We loved it. But we had a very small hallway. Like as soon as you walk in, it's like the size of this pillar. And so we got in this argument after getting groceries. And so we're trying to like bring groceries in and out. <laughs> like, you know, like, like, like not, like not wanting to be close to each other, but we we have to, we have to be close. It's so stupid. So we're like rubbing cheeks, but still like at the same time, don't touch me, <laughs> you know? And it's like, it's so funny or, or even worse. This is only for the married couples. But have you ever been in bed with somebody that you're in the middle of, like you're mad at and like your butts are touching, but like in your mind, in your mind, you're like, I don't, I don't, I want to do this somehow. I don't want to be with you right now, but your butts are still touching. And it's like this, this idea. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Nobody look at her. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, thank you for grace. This idea of the fact that on paper, the, the fact that on paper or in reality, we're close. In reality, we're touching. In reality, she's right there next to me. Our cheeks are touching or our cheeks are touching or, <laughs> or, or we're close. This idea that we're, we're actually close. That's the reality. But in my heart and in my mind, I'm, I'm disconnected. We can be in conversation. We can be breathing the same air facing each other, but in my mind, in my heart, we're disconnected. This is the idea of the sinful nature. It's this disconnection in our mindset with God. In reality, he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. That's what my Bible says. In reality, in Romans 8, it says that nothing can separate me from his love. Not death, not the grave, not angels, not demons. There's nothing that can separate me from his love. So if I'm with him all the time and he loves me all the time, then why is it sometimes I'm like, mm. Why? But that's the sinful nature. That's the disconnected nature, cool? And Galatians like harps on that. It's like Holy Spirit or disconnected nature. So as we go in there, keep that in mind, cool? So this is um, Galatians 5, chapter or verse 13, okay? You guys still good? 
This is so fun. Okay, so Galatians 5 verse 13 says this. For you, Oh, this is NLT too. Cool. Um, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your disconnected nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your disconnected nature craves. Let me pause there for a second. I wrestled so long with not wanting to do what my disconnected nature craves. Oh, my sinful nature does these naughty things. And I would sit there and try and fix my behavior. Like, <clears throat> don't do that anymore, right? But what Paul is saying here is, if you don't want to do what your sinful nature craves, then let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. That's the invitation for freedom. In fact, he says, my dear brothers, you've been called to live in freedom, but don't use it like an idiot. <laughs> don't, don't, sorry, sorry, that's not nice. I'm sorry. That wasn't for you. That was for me. I'm sorry. But, but he's saying like, no, seriously, be careful how you use your freedom. You can use it however you want, but don't indulge yourself. Don't, don't, don't go in this disconnected mode, in this mindset, but follow the Holy Spirit. And so do you guys want to know how we follow the Holy Spirit? Me too. Hopefully Paul says it because I got nothing. Um, okay, so, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your disconnected nature craves. Then, sorry, the sinful nature, the disconnected nature wants to do evil, which is the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. The invitation is to freedom. But when we have that war going on in between us of this disconnection versus this, this Holy Spirit guiding our lives, that's when we find this thing of, I'm not free to carry my good intentions. Listen, that was me for like a long time. Was this, I had these intentions of being pure and being holy and doing all these Christian things. But then I would get caught up with these disconnected desires and I couldn't walk out what I wanted to do. My intentions were foiled. They were just ruined by this sinful nature. See, the thing about the sinful nature, in verse 17, it says this, the sinful nature wants to do evil. The thing about that that I love is when me and Megan are laying there in bed and our butts are touching, I don't want to talk to her. Imagine that picture, but now instead of Megan, it's God's butt. And we're sitting there connected. We could be close to each other, but I'm wanting to disconnect. The thing about it, when my sinful nature desires to do evil, I used to think that was such a bad thing, such a terrible thing. How dare I want to look at that? How dare I want to eat that or do this or be like this, this person? And I beat myself up and there's so much shame and condemnation in that. The truth of the matter is the fact that when I disconnect from God or disconnect from intimacy, I want intimacy is a beautiful thing. The fact that when I disconnect from my nurture or my comforter, I want comfort is a beautiful thing. It actually points to the fact that I was designed for intimacy. I was built to have this comforter. The fact that when I disconnected it, it tells you what's been woven into the fiber of my being, that his fingerprints are, so I built you for intimacy. So when I disconnect from it and still want it, it's actually a wonderful thing. I'm not saying that what we fill ourselves with, see, oftentimes holiness, we look at and like, oh, you've done a wrong behavior. But holiness is just when we go and look for something that we're supposed to find in God, outside of God. It, we remember Colossians 2 verse 9, it says that in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And I find my completeness in him. So when I disconnect myself from everything I find completeness in, of course, I'm going to go look for some crazy things. 
It's stinking good. He's good. He's good. But can I tell you this? This is wonderful to hear now, right? And I love this. This is fantastic. But um, when I was reading it for the first time, I kept reading into, um, what is it? Galatians 6. Do we have Galatians 6? Uh, Verse 7, I think it is. And I read this list of all these things that were bad about my sinful nature and my disconnected nature. And so I tried to avoid, again, going back to accomplishments versus relationship. We can read this list of things of like sexual immorality, impurity, um, wild parties, drunkenness, uh, sorcery, all these things of like, this is the fruit of when you follow your disconnected nature. And we can look at it and go, okay, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. But we're thinking about what can I do? We're thinking about what can I accomplish? Look, I haven't looked at porn in 14 years. We can wear it like a badge. Look at me. I've been, what's the other, you know, whatever. You make up whatever thing you want to make your accomplishment. I need to slow down. No, I'm not going to slow down. You know, I've never, I've never sat with my wife and said, I haven't held a girl's hand in five years. I don't keep track of girls' hands I don't hold. Why? Because I found the one girl's hand I want to hold the rest of my life. There is no more, there is no more accomplishment. There's no like, I haven't dated someone in so long. Look at how long I've been without dating. There's nothing in me that's like, don't. <laughs> I'm not trying to accomplish um, uh, faithfulness. I am so in love with this girl. You could ask her just yesterday. I was on the couch and she was walking around. I was just looking at her like, I look so stupid. I look so dumb. I write songs about it. I'm intoxicated. This morning I wake up and she's like, and I'm like, that's my wife. I love her. I don't think about another person, not because, I, not because I'm sitting there trying to accomplish it, because of the a relationship of who she is has impacted me so deeply. I don't want anybody else. And so this idea of this, uh, what it's telling you, oh yeah, let me just slow down. Okay, cool. All right, all right, all right. I'll go relax. All right. Okay. So holiness, Galatians 6, verse, um, verse uh, whatever it is, 7. Oh, Jesus. It says, don't be misled. And this is the NLT. Yeah, come on. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their disconnected nature will harvest decay and death from the disconnected nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. (sighs) Okay, we'll stop there. I used to think that as a threat or as, as a punishment, that God's like, if you sow from your sinful nature, then you're going to reap death. And it was like this. If you, don't live, if you live from a sinful nature, then you better watch out because I'll smack you. That's how I used to read that. Because I was filtering it through accomplishments and not through who he actually is, which we were singing about his goodness. What he's saying here is simple. It's not that he's threatening us. It's just simple math. It's just simple logic. Like if I jump off the stage, I'm going to fall. That's gravity. If I jump off the building, I'll fall and get hurt. That's also gravity. And there's this thing of reaping and sowing that like, if I sow something, I can only reap what I've sown. There's no, no farmer goes around saying, you know what? I'm going to put some dirt in this dirt today. Nobody does that. Nobody's like, you know what? I, I really want some watermelon or sunflowers or something. So I'm going to take dirt and I'm going to put it in dirt. Dirt plus dirt equals, yeah, there's no life. It's death, right? 
And you think about, this is day one stuff. This is not a threat from God. This is day one Genesis, open the Bible, let there be light. And then right after that, he's like, and then I scooped up this dirt and I breathed my ruach, my spirit in this dirt. And then there was, okay, it's simple math, dirt plus his spirit, life, right? Dirt plus dirt, death. And so when I sit there and I'm enjoying God, and then in a moment, I'm like, I, I want to do this on my own. And in my own mindset, remember, I, I'm not disconnected. He's not leaving. We're still touching. He's still there. He'll never leave me. But in my own mindset, I disconnect from him. Then I start to sow in earth, in dirt, and dirt plus dirt equals death. And so when I reap, you never really know in the moment because it feels right sometimes. But, in the, but the fruit I receive is death. It's not a punishment. It's not a threat. It's just simple, like day one math. Dirt plus dirt equals dirt equals death. And so this warning of that's happening in, you, do you mind going back to Galatians 5 verse 19? This warning happening in um, Galatians 5 19 of these are the results. the results. The results are so clear when we follow our sinful nature. It's not a warning of like, don't do this or else. It's a, the second you disconnect in your heart or your mind from me, the only fruit you can see are some of these things. Does that make sense? Okay, we'll, we'll read a couple of them. Oh, Galatians 5.19. I mean, I have it here. I can read it without you guys if you want. Galatians 5.19, I'm reading on the NLT. If you want, we can go there. Or if not, I can read it here. I also have my Bible for this reason. Um, okay, so where we left off in Galatians 5 was, you know, you were called to live in freedom. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. And then he says this, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, um, selfish ambition, dissension, division, enviness, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like this. <clears throat> I used to read this with so much shame. But now when I look at it, it makes so much sense. And I'm not going to, I don't think I have time to go too deeply in this, but like, of course, if I disconnect from intimacy, I'm going to desire intimacy. And then you'll see sexual immorality. Of course, if I disconnect from um, idolatry or, oh, thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Of, of course, if I, if I disconnect from uh, God, then I'm going to go find another God because it's been woven and built into my fiber, my being that I'm supposed to worship God. So when we disconnect, we naturally look for these other things. That being said, this is good, right? Okay, this is, this is what I'm saying is good. Okay, now this, just be very careful because I learned this and then I still made it an accomplishment. What I started to do was if I went and found myself looking for lustful pleasures, okay, look at lustful pleasures. If I disconnect myself from God, of course I'm going to look for lustful pleasures because in his presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. So I'm sitting here going, oh, pleasures forevermore. Actually, you know, I don't want to talk to you. And then I go look for what? What do you think? Lustful pleasures. I would find those things of what am I looking for? And I make an equation of like, okay, what do I need from God? And then I would go to God and make an accomplishment of, look, I'm holy. And I would use my relationship with him so I could accomplish holiness still. It sounds like it's not just me who does that. I love that. I was hoping to hear some either people go wild or get really quiet because they're like, dang, <laughs> you know? So, so I'm glad we went with the second one. No, um, is this making sense? <clears throat> so, the thing is, 
there's a way about going about holiness that seems so right and it seems so helpful, but it actually destroys us. And that's what I want to expose before we get out of here is <clears throat> I have a couple scars and stuff on my hand because some of these are really stupid decisions, but one of them is because I don't know how to golf that well, but I feel like it's something you should do on Father's Day. And so on Father's Day, I went out to the golf range and I grabbed this thing and I was just whacking that thing. And I had so much fun. But then the next day I thought to myself, I can do better. So I come back the very next day and I'm hitting it as hard as I can. And my hands start bleeding and like shaking. Like literally I had to throw my glove away because it was covered in blood. And I'm like, and there's this guy behind me who's like really good. And he's working out with his dad and his dad's like, yeah, you're doing it. He's hitting it like so much farther than me. I'm happy if it goes straight. This poor kid on the side of me was like, where are these balls coming from? It was so bad, but I'm smacking this thing as hard as I can. And I get, I'll get done. I'm super discouraged because it didn't go, as, I didn't get better. I didn't go as far as I want, whatever. And I'm bleeding and stuff. And I go to the guy up front and he says, how'd you do? I said, don't even talk to me, you know, whatever. And um, he tell, I said, my hands are bleeding. He said, you're gripping the, the club too hard, which is crazy because I thought, I want to get it so far. I want to hit it so hard that if I just grip it real hard, I swing it real hard, that it'll go far. But the thing is, some of the things we do with holiness, we just try so hard that it actually starts killing us. It's painful. And not only that, but we don't even get it right. How many of you guys ever tried, don't raise your hand, I guess. But how many of you guys ever tried holiness and it's like, I know what I'll do. I'll just throw my computer away. <laughs> so silly. I'm not, sorry, I'm not making fun of you guys. I'm saying I, I try this. I know what the problem is, you know, whatever. And you, and you don't solve it. <laughs> your good intentions are there, but you forgot to let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. You know, uh, I ran into my psychology teacher too. We were just getting ice cream on Friday, which I probably shouldn't have, but that's what it is. Um, and I ran into my psychology teacher and I was reminded of the first day of psychology they teach you old history of psychology. And the old history of psychology is like really sad. Like how they treated people for schizophrenia and different things, even things that like aren't a psychological disease. They're like, Oh, I think you're, we need to shock you. And it's like, what? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just tired. But they're like, no, we should probably shock you. And so they would put these things on people's heads and they would like electro electrically like shock people's brains to try and fix their behavior. And the thing is their intentions were very pure. In fact, in that same time, I think that they used to do for like medical procedures, they used to put leeches on people and bleed them. If they thought your temperature was too high or different things, they're like, oh, you know, you're delivering a baby, too much blood. We got to get this out of you. And they would bleed people and actually kill them. And there's things that we do with holiness that it's like our intentions are so pure. I want to help you. I want to fix you, Nathaniel. You could do this a little bit better that we actually do these things that are actually killing us and actually like actually really harming us and not helping us at all with holiness. No condemnation, but this is why Paul sits there and says, listen, believe me. If anyone has anything to brag about, it's me. I'll brag all day. I'm a super duper guy, you know? And he goes off and everyone's like, oh shoot, you're right. You're so good, Paul. But then he says, all this is rubbish. You guys want to go there? Let's boogie. Okay, so this is Philippians 3. I'm actually going to read a little bit of, we're going to do a sandwich, a little bit of Amplify, a little bit of New King James, and then we're going to Amplify it again. Um, so verse one and two will do amplified. Cool. And this is, this is I, think, I think I'll end here on this one. <clears throat> because this morning and last night I realized that we can take all this information from a real cool teaching. It was fun. He talked about funny stuff. And, and then we can go home and try and do holiness still on our own. And the invitation here from the very beginning was that we can revolve every single moment around his Holy Spirit. <clears throat> 
From the very beginning, that's what it was about. That's what it's always been about. And I'll say, just, nah, I'll say, just don't, just stop recording this. Nobody listened to this part. But I'll say, I have really good notes. For weeks, I had good notes. And I was so excited. And last night, I was sitting there with my wife going over these things. And she's like, you know, this is good, whatever. But the joy I was getting was how good my dang notes were. It was so stupid. I was so frustrated because even though it came from intimacy with him, the second I put it on paper, I, it became my God. I went from an intimate, the fruit of intimacy. I have these notes of getting to know this revelation. Oh, he's so good. And some of us do that. We're like, yay, look, I spent time with God. Yay, I get to know him. And then we make that prophetic word our new God. And we say, God, you sit over there. I have everything I need. I'm going to walk it out without you. No shame, no condemnation. I'm just saying that's rubbish. We get the invitation. We want to live out a relationship in this moment or rubbish. Okay. All right. So Philippians, whatever I said, Philippians three, Philippians three in the, in the um, Amplified version. This one's a juicy one. Let's take our time. And this is the invitation. If anyone struggles here with holiness, if anyone's like, I don't know how to listen to the Holy Spirit versus my flesh versus my disconnected nature. I'll tell you a hint. If you, if you enjoy him more than anything else in that moment, you won't want to listen to anything else. One time I was so scared about, I was actually on the stage and I just lost some people in my life and I was so broken. And I don't know if Danny Young's here, but Danny Young prayed for me and then I was wrecked and I was just crying and stuff. And I, and I saw this picture of God taking me up in the spirit. He lifted me up in the air and I saw him like moving me like a magic carpet in the air. And I was loving, I was like, God, this is great. I want to do this in every moment. How do I listen to your spirit in every moment? And he said, it's easy. Put your head on my chest. You always know what my breath is doing if you put your head on my chest. And if we allow that intimacy, the depths of who he is to impact and, and embrace who he is to affect us, we'll always be paying attention to the spirit. You'll feel his chest go up. And when he releases his spirit, you'll feel it go down. You'll know what his heartbeat's doing just by putting your head on his chest. So if anyone's struggled, you know, let's get intimate. Cool. <sighs> okay, I'll read it now. Philippians 3 says this. For the rest... My brethren, delight yourself in the Lord and continue to rejoice that you are in him. Right now, God, we delight ourselves in you and we rejoice, not that we're in church, but that we're in you. <sighs> to keep writing to you over and over of the same thing is not irksome to me. It is for your safety. Look out for those dogs, those Judaizers, those legalizers. Look out for those mischief makers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. And then I'm going to switch to the New King James here, but this is when he goes off. I'm gonna, I don't even know how to read it, but this is when he starts to go off. And he says, um, for we are this, this is a Philippians 3 in the New King James. says, for we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, who rejoice in Christ Jesus, and who have no confidence in the flesh though I might have confidence in the flesh. And he starts going off. There's something that's beautiful here that I loved. And that's Paul saying, be careful. He's like, I'm not tired of warning you guys of the same thing over and over again. In fact, it doesn't bother me at all. It's actually for your safety. And then he immediately starts to talk about, be careful of these people who mutilate their own body. Be careful of what they're doing with their own body. Because, and then he goes on to say, because we are the circumcision. 
We are. It's not what you do that makes you holy. It's who you are. And then he goes on to say, who is it that's a holy circumcision? He says, it's those who worship God in the spirit, who rejoice in Christ Jesus, and who have no confidence in the flesh. <sighs> he said the same thing in Colossians 2, where before he, before he goes about to, um, I'm just going to finish this real quick. Before he even goes to talk about, we find our com- completion in him. In Colossians 2, verse 9, it says that he, the fullness of God dwells in Christ and we find our completion in him. Before he says that, he says, beware, be careful, look out, lest anyone lead you away, lest anyone cheat you of the fullness of Christ. And then Passion Translation, I think it says, lest anyone, yeah, lead you away, distract you from God's fullness. The context of me finding my completion in God is, is, is prefaced with the warning that someone can distract you from it. And that's all this is this morning, or you know, whenever you listen to this, is I have access to his fullness at all times, but sometimes it's simply me just getting distracted from it that keeps me from enjoying it. So if you want a little helpful reminder, it's here in Philippians. I'm gonna skip the whole bragging thing. You guys get it. Paul's awesome, right? You know, Hebrew, Hebrews, tribe of Benjamin. He kept all the law, persecuting the church. Anyone love persecuting the church? That was a trap. You pass. <laughs> um, okay, and then we'll get down to this. He says this. In verse, in verse eight, it says this. Actually, I'll, I'll read seven. It says, but what, things, but what things were gained to me, these I counted as loss for Christ. And I'll go to verse eight in the Amplified. It says this. Yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege of the overwhelming preciousness the surpassing worth, the supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Please don't even look at me right now. I promise you're missing it if you're looking at me. You better go, sorry, that, that sounds bad. But I'm telling you, this, this, verse, this is verse what made me cry in the barbershop is this. The overwhelming preciousness of knowing Christ, my Lord. The surpassing worth, the supreme advantage of knowing Christ my Lord and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him and perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. Hmm. For his sake, I've lost everything and consider it to be rubbish in order that may I, I, may, have, I may win Christ. There's this guy, no. Wait, is, is everyone good with that? That's Philippians 3, verse 8 in the Amplified. If you ever want to cry, read that. <clears throat> There's a story I saw on a TV show, but I'm going to tell it like it's my friend. There's a guy named George Costanza. Also the name, he goes by like Art Vondelay, I think. Um, but he uh, he's at his girlfriend's house and his mo- the girlfriend's mom, he's killing it. She's like, oh my gosh, you're so sweet. Oh my gosh, you're fantastic. He's wonderful. And then he goes in the kitchen. <laughs> he goes in the kitchen and he goes to throw this trash away. He's been clearing the table for everybody. He goes to throw this trash away. And on top of the trash is this eclair. And it's like, it's been bitten a little bit, but it's on top of the trash. And you see his face light up. And he's like, no one's looking. And he goes and he takes a bite. And the mom comes in and she's disgusted. <laughs> Oh, she's so mad. And it just like ruins his whole chance of relationship, possibly marrying this girl. And then he's sitting there with his friend, Jerry, and he's like, so it was in the trash. 
And he's like trying to break down, like, how could you do this? He's like, there's a thin line between you and a bum and you just crossed it. You're now a bum. Like, this is who you are now. And he's like going in and it's so funny because I, I mean, I was watching, I was, just, I was laughing because it's funny. It's funny to watch him do it so often. All these things that Paul says, this is rubbish. How much I know the word, where I'm from, my race, my da-da. Whatever we like to cling to of like, I'm so Christian. Oh, how well I worship all these things. He, Paul says, it's nothing compared to the overwhelming preciousness of Jesus, of just knowing him. The, oh, it's, there's, no, it's rubbish, but sometimes when we're hungry, we go digging through the trash. Oh, I'm telling you, man, it's so embarrassing when you get caught in it. But like, I'm seriously, I won't, I won't say it, but, I'll, but I'll, I'll, I'll expose myself. Sometimes it's so embarrassing when someone calls me out that it's actually my pride that I'm, is making me share something and not the Holy Spirit. But they seem really close because I'm quoting a scripture. They seem really close because I'm doing something very Christian. Oh, you don't know how long I've been coming to this church. Who cares? That's crap. That's, oh, sorry, pardon me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's rubbish. We're digging through rubbish to build a case for what? Sorry, that's not, I didn't mean that for anybody. Just, just settle down, everybody. (laughs) All right, I'll keep reading. Verse nine says this. And that I may actually be found and known as in him, not having any self-achieved righteousness that can be called my own based on my own obedience to the law, the law's demands ritualistic uprightness and supposed right standing with God thus acquired, but possessing that genuine righteousness, which comes through faith in Christ, the anointed one, in truly right standing with him, which comes from God by his saving faith. Verse 10 says this, for I'm determined, my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly that I may in that same way come to know the power of the overflowing of his resurrection. It feels different in here. Isn't it so sweet when you, when, you, when you shift your focus off of all you can do and bring it back to this relationship of who he is and how it impacts us? <clears throat> That's my heart for us as today. Is. I pray this is helpful, but my hope in your life changing is not in what I can share from this platform, but is in the Holy Spirit and the overwhelming preciousness of knowing him. And if we're willing to, like we said at the beginning, if we're willing to let go of what we do and fully embrace who he is, then holiness becomes no longer a thing that we can accomplish, but something that's a product of our relationship with him. See, when it's an accomplishment, that's when I start to measure. Oh, it's been so and so many days since I've messed up. And it's like, but when it's a relationship, it's like, I have everything I need in him. All my completeness is in him. I think that's everything I have to say. So if you're still lingering here and you're still hungry for more, I'm very excited because I can't give it to you. So you must be hungry for something he has. And that's the joy of finding our completion in him.
Can we pray together? Usually people say like, can I pray for you? But I really want to be joined with you in this. So Holy Spirit, actually the whole Godhead, Abba, Father, Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, Spirit of the living God, we just take this moment to be overwhelmed by your preciousness. To come to become progressively more aware of you. I thank you so much for the ease of sinking into who you are right now. We thank you for these wonderful men of God, these wonderful women of God, every person here that it knows your word and that worships you and that their hearts are so pure and their intentions are so beautiful. We thank you that all of that we lay at your feet and say we would throw it in the garbage just to know you a little bit more this morning. We thank you, God, for saturating our hearts this morning with your spirit, that we walk out of here never the same, not because we know something new, but because who you are has impacted us a little deeper. I thank you that we carry it into our workplaces, into our families, into our mirrors, into our time alone with you at night, into our time when we wake up in the morning, into our dreams, into our next Sunday service, into our Wednesday services, that everywhere we go from moment to moment, we're just stewarding our attention on you, that in this moment, you're here and we worship you and we love you and we honor you. And in the very next moment, you're waiting for us right there to be embraced and to be loved. And we choose to in the next moment to still discover you then. Thank you for a generation of people that are so holy it hurts the eyes and not because of their behavior, because they have everything they need in you. We love your scriptures. We love it all, but they point to you. And so we embrace you now, Jesus. There's an invitation here this morning. Mm. And you can go and eat lunch if you like, and you can go and there'll be no shame. I feel like God is there at lunch with you if you go. But if you're hungry for something, um, we're talking about finding completion in him. If there's any area of your life that you've been looking for or something to complete, maybe you get home from work and you're so exhausted and you turn to this one thing when you get home. And you're trying to find something that's not that you could find in God outside of God. There's no shame, there's no condemnation, but if that's you today, or if there, it's just something ridiculously small, whatever it is, if that's you, I encourage you stay a little bit longer, linger a little bit longer, worship, allow him, his overwhelming preciousness to penetrate your heart. And if you want, we're gonna have a ministry team come up. We can, they can come with, agree with you or pray with you for anything you're believing for. But let it all be centered around this one thing that we started with, which is his goodness, which is knowing him above everything else. Everything else is rubbish. And let let us keep it in the trash. In Jesus' name. Amen.